COVID-19, you know, really revealed a lot of disparities um, that already existed that some of us knew about and were very uh, aware of, um, but it really hopefully opened the eyes of many more um, to um, some of the neglect and the challenges that had already been existent uh, for years uh, in the making. And now that that um, lid has been pulled back and you can see it very clearly, you know, we have to look at what is the new normal going to be um, and how do we embrace that new normal and make it work for everyone. Welcome to another episode of Forging Forward, the official podcast of Forward Cities. And I'm your host, Raja Satterwhite, Content Marketing Manager at Forward Cities. Forward Cities is a national nonprofit equipping communities and regions to grow and sustain more equitable entrepreneurial ecosystems. Today, I will be talking with Fort City's local director of community entrepreneurship for Indianapolis, Indiana, about ecosystem building and recovery in the wake of COVID-19. So the first question um, is, can you paint a picture of the current situation in your community? Yeah, so um, here in Indianapolis, um, you know, COVID is on everybody's minds. Um, there are lots of people who are out of work. Um, Indianapolis is a convention city. We host big sporting events. And um, so the city is reeling from, you know, the closures. Um, you know, the philanthropic community has really rallied together um, with Eli Lilly Foundation, um, you know, being one of the largest funders um, in the country, and they're certainly the largest here in Indiana, um, collaborating with um, Central Indiana Community Foundation, the United Way of Central Indiana, um, and others to provide some immediate relief um, for folks who are struggling with hunger and poverty um, and, you know, just uh, social service needs. Um, the business community um, through um, the uh, Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce, um, local initiative support corporation, um, organizations like um, the Indie Black Chamber um, and Kepra Institute, um, among a host of others, you know, have rallied around um, businesses and are trying to provide relief through um, zero percent interest loans, um, through small uh, grant opportunities for entrepreneurs as well. Um, we've certainly seen our um, Black news outlets, um, you know, be even more um, uh, connected in the community. Um, not that they weren't before, um, but they're just more highly visible, if you will. So the Indianapolis Recorder, um, you know, has been hosting a series of conversations around COVID and all the ways that it's affecting the fabric of the Indianapolis community from education to entrepreneurship to social services, hunger, um, you know, they've had a myriad of topics, um, weekly uh, conversations that have been really powerful uh, for folks as well. The work now um, is also has me engaging with even additional um, entrepreneur support organizations to learn um, from them, what they're hearing from entrepreneurs that they serve, um, and then also sharing out their information um, so that people are more aware of the resources that are available to them in this very trying time, and um, asking them to share um, the information that I'm putting out 
in weekly emails um, as well, um, including, you know, uh, at this point, you know, looking at doing a survey of entrepreneurs to learn, you know, what um, forms of financing have they applied for in the face of COVID-19, whether it be the EIDL or the Paycheck Protection Program or um, grants, uh, business grants and, and other small loans through their own banks. Um, because we, we've been hearing that, you know, there have been either a lot of denials or, um, or non-responsiveness from banks. Um, and, um, and we know too, that there are some folks who uh, just don't believe that they're going to qualify for those programs. And so we're really trying to get a sense of, um, of the entrepreneurs that we're all serving collectively, um, those organizations uh, being Be Nimble, um, Kepra Institute, Forward Cities, and the Indie Black Chamber of Commerce. We're trying to learn, you know, more factual information um, from the folks that we serve um, as to have they been applying for those loans and grants and have they been getting approved or denied and, and what has been shared with them um, if they have been denied as to the reasons why. Um, so I think we're being really active in trying to um, come together and support uh, the entrepreneurs um, and support each other's um, as ecosystem builders. What are you hearing from entrepreneurs and small business owners in terms of immediate needs? So my understanding of what we're hearing from entrepreneurs and small business owners um, related to the um, immediate needs of COVID are really, you know, finding ways to um, maintain their customer base. Um, you know, for some, you know, their brick and mortar places are closed um, because their businesses haven't been considered essential um, and they're needing, you know, financial support to maintain, you know, their businesses. Um, that includes, you know, even their, their spaces that they're leasing. Um, we've also heard that businesses are needing help, you know, pivoting um, to transition their businesses online. Um, and some are still um, seeing the need for increasing their marketing efforts as well. And your official title is local director, but you are an ecosystem builder. Um, and so for other people who are playing similar roles, what do you think um, the larger role for ecosystem builders will be moving forward um, in both the short term and long term as far as like your community goes and rebuilding or strengthening uh, your local economies? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, I can't say that I know the exact answer to that, but you know, the stab at it that I'll take is, you know, as an ecosystem builder, um, it's going to continue to be about sharing information um, and building relationships. Um, and so, you know, having a better understanding of what the ecosystem is providing to support entrepreneurs directly and getting that information to the entrepreneurs, um, making sure that um, we're we're having two-way conversations, you know, helping the um, entrepreneur support organizations understand what um, entrepreneurs need, um, especially black and brown who may be fairly disconnected from uh, the ecosystem, uh, the traditional ecosystem, if you will. And, you know, also communicating, um, you know, what we're learning from the entrepreneur support organizations in terms of program offerings, classes, um, 
mentorship opportunities, et cetera, and communicating that to the entrepreneurs that we're hoping to support. So um, I think it really is being um, a conduit uh, for information and building relationships and helping to build trust um, within the ecosystem as well. Um, I think it's always wise when you're in many nonprofit roles to, you know, find um, and build your exit um, in the same way that some businesses build their exit. You know, we have we can't plan to always stand in the gap. Our, if our goal is to build a more inclusive entrepreneurial ecosystem, then we have to begin with the end in mind and know that at some point our work um, will be done uh, to the best extent that it can be. And, you know, that we've helped to build bridges and relationships between entrepreneurs and the rest of the ecosystem um, that will be sustained. Um, and that perhaps in the role that I'm currently in, uh, it, it may need to shift and change because that particular role is no longer needed. Um, and yeah. could you tell me, um, this could be from your experience, um, what you see from other ecosystem builders, what role do you see ecosystem builders playing in the short term and long term um, as the community and the economy uh, goes through this uncertain time? Yeah, so I think um, ecosystem builders have um, an opportunity to um, voice concerns of individual entrepreneurs that they're connected to. Um, they have certainly the opportunity to be even more intentional about um, developing new resources or connecting people to um, resources that already existed, but they were underconnected to. Um, I think here in Indianapolis, I'm also been a part of, um, you know, a group of ecosystem builders that is talking with the philanthropic community about, you know, how to support small business um, owners in the black and brown communities. Um, and, you know, really looking at, you know, some of the potential implications um, of them not having that support, um, you know, Unfortunately, um, there are many, too many black and brown entrepreneurs that are already underconnected, underfunded, undervalued, um, and underappreciated. And um, so those problems that existed before, um, I think are exacerbated by COVID-19. And my hope is that, um, you know, that is something that will be addressed um, and that people will be, you know, the philanthropic community, the business community will continue to be innovative around how to provide support. Um, and so we're we're seeing some really neat things happen in other cities around the country. You know, Detroit, I think, has had four or five funds that have supported um, their uh, small business community with uh, business grants. Uh, Seattle has um, a fund as well. And so we're hoping to create um, something to that effect here in Indianapolis. Um, as it exists now, the the large amount of funds um, are really going to uh, through loan programs, 0% interest loan programs, um, which in and of itself are had the potential to be a blessing, um, but that was um, a potential uh, innovative product that we were looking at pre-COVID. Um, Post-COVID, I'm hoping that we will be looking to more of the small business grants because with things being as um, tenuous as they are, 
you know, there are many people who don't want loans. Uh, they don't know what tomorrow is going to hold or six months from now. And they're worried about being saddled with a loan that they can't pay back, even if it is at 0% interest. Um, so we're hoping that there will be uh, some more innovation in that area uh, where we can connect entrepreneurs to financial resources um, to help them, you know, stay alive, pay their bills um, and be in business uh, when this COVID-19 um, pandemic is resolved finally. Um, you know, I think honestly there needs to be um, a, a meeting of the minds, if you will. Um, and I think that that is taking place in small conversations, um, you know, uh, one-off conversations here and there, um, and but important conversations. Um, and then ultimately my hope would be uh, for, you know, dollars to be put into the hands of um, black and brown ecosystem support organizations um, because the relationships already exist there um, with the black and brown entrepreneurs that we're hoping to uh, support uh, so that we can make sure that they're not forgotten about, um, that the funds that are directed from whichever way they come, be it federal, state, city, philanthropic, um, that that we're not left out, that black and brown entrepreneurs are not left out, um, that our businesses um, can continue and, and innovate in this time because there will be some that will need to pivot. Um, certainly we, we don't anticipate going back to business as usual um, in the short term or long term. And so what would be really awesome is to see um, some uh, technical assistance that will help businesses make any necessary pivots, um, be it moving to an online platform. Um, and for those who have physical spaces, you know, being able to revamp their physical spaces that will allow for um, what will likely be a, a perhaps a new normal of, of some level of social distancing or certainly using um, PPE um, and having access to that, um, as well as, you know, looking at um, what businesses are are not very likely to survive um, from an industry standpoint, um, not necessarily just because of, uh, you know, what's right here in front of us at this moment, um, but just the long-term impacts of COVID and wanting those business owners to be able to get connected to the technical assistance, the financing um, that they'll need so they can continue to you know, exist as entrepreneurs um, and, you know, operate in their, in their lane of innovation and entrepreneurship. And so as a local director in Indy, uh, what, how has been your like personal experience? Like how have you been able um, to lead in this role? Sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, one thing that I felt was important for me was to make sure that I'm, taking care of my own self-care so that I could be my best self um, as I'm connecting with the entrepreneurs and entrepreneur support organizations. Um, and so, you know, personally, that's meant, you know, taking um, daily walks, uh, sometimes two times a day in my neighborhood, um, you know, spending some time, you know, with my family and trying to find opportunities to laugh. Um, and then, you know, with the entrepreneurs themselves, you know, I've been uh, sending out a weekly email um, with information that I'm finding from, you know, credible sources about um, business uh, loans, business grants, um, 
information specifically about COVID-19, um, health equity, um, and you know resources to perhaps protect themselves with PPE, um, and you know trying to send you know some bit of encouragement um, as well. Yes, and so from thinking about that um, in that same vein, um, what do you think will contribute to the resiliency of Indy um, in the aftermath? Um, you said it would take. Um, this isn't like a one-time thing. There isn't going to be a one-time fix, but um, years worth of work to figure mm -hmm. out um, what's best for everyone. So what do you think will contribute to that? What does Indy already possess? Or what did you see developing through either the virtual town hall convening or um, other things you've seen? COVID-19, you know, really revealed a lot of disparities um, that already existed that some of us knew about and were very uh, aware of, um, but it really hopefully open the eyes of many more um, to um, some of the neglect and the challenges that had already been existent uh, for years uh, in the making. And now that that um, lid has been pulled back and you can see it very clearly, you know, we have to look at what is the new normal going to be um, and how do we embrace that new normal and make it work for everyone. And when I think about what the end can look like, um, not necessarily for my role in particular, but perhaps for this work is when, you know, we have, you know, equitable outcomes for um, Black and Latino and, you know, our uh, white counterparts, um, where we're seeing that, you know, Black and brown businesses are being invested in, um, provided um, loans um, at, you know, fair rates um, of interest and that they're being seen um, and visible and valued um, and considered for business opportunities um, where, you know, perhaps, you know, we're moving past uh, the, the diversity spend quotas, if you will, for, you know, public um, dollars, uh, because what we've had, you know, it just isn't in our best interest collectively as a community. So what I really appreciate about Indianapolis and why I think that we will do well is because we have thought leaders who are having these conversations. They're having uh, courageous conversations. They're speaking their minds and they're, um, you know, advocating and rallying around each other and building uh, the support systems that perhaps didn't exist already. Um, our philanthropic community um, is working together um, in a way that is highly visible collaboratively. And that's not something that I've seen in my 20 years of living here in Indianapolis. Um, they've always worked together to a certain extent, but it's more been behind the scenes. And this, I think, is very out front and visible, uh, which I think is very encouraging as well. Um, and so I think that Indianapolis has, you know, a really great opportunity to seize, even in the midst of, you know, the chaos and the devastation of COVID-19, you know, to really um, build something new um, and to build it uh, in a way that is um, more supportive of um, low-income people and more supportive of black and brown uh, people who live here as well. That's beautiful. I love that um, building with the end in mind. Um, and so this will be my last question for you, but um, built, so building with the end in mind, what does that look like in Indy for you um, at the end or um, when things are more final, what, what does that look like as far as those bridges being built? What does that mean for your community in Indy? Certainly. So I think in Indianapolis, um, you know, I think the work, generally speaking, is 
it's multi-year uh, work. You know, it's it's work um, that um, requires a lot of relationship building and trust building, which, you know, does take time. And what I think about what the end can look like, um, not necessarily for my role in particular, but perhaps for this work is when, you know, we have, you know, equitable outcomes for um, Black and Latino and, you know, our uh, white counterparts. Um, where we're seeing that, you know, black and brown businesses are being invested in, um, provided um, loans um, at, you know, fair rates um, of interest and that they're being seen um, and visible and valued um, and considered for business opportunities um, where, you know, perhaps, you know, we're moving past uh, the the diversity spend quotas, if you will, for, you know, public um, dollars and where, you know, folks are feeling like they, businesses are not only feeling like they're supported, but they are supported where they're learning about, you know, all of the opportunities for their business to succeed and they have access to those opportunities and they're able to take advantage of them um, from a cost time uh, perspective um, that, everything really is just in alignment. I think that's what the end of the work looks like. Um, I can't say when that's going to take place. Um, you know, certainly for my work, uh, we are hoping to just be a catalyst uh, for that going forward um, and support um, and bring um, some visibility to some of those entrepreneur support organizations um, that have not been as visible or highly regarded um, as they should have been in the past. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kalia. Thank you. This has been another episode of Forging Forward. Tune in next time as we travel to New Kensington to talk with Program Manager Kim Lewis. To learn more about our work, be sure to check out the important links included in the show description or visit fortcities.org. Take care and we'll see you next time. Forging Forward was made possible by leaders of Forward Cities. Christopher Gergen, Faye Horwitz, Michelle Benham, and special thanks to Simone Fogg.